Hi friends, this is Ian Khan and you're listening to or watching The Ian Khan Show. This is an Aftershock special episode in which I interview contributors to the new book Aftershock. Today I'm speaking with Vikram Mancharamani, who's a lecturer at the Harvard John Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. He's profiled by Worth as one of the top 100 most powerful people in global finance. He has also been twice highlighted by LinkedIn as their number one top voice for money, finance and economics. He's uh, the author of Boom Bustology, Spotting Financial Bubbles Before They Burst, and Think for Yourself, Restoring Common Sense in an Age of Experts and Artificial Intelligence. Let's speak with Vikram. Hi, and welcome to the Ian Khan Show. Today, I have someone really amazing here. This is Vikram Mansharamani, and he is a co-author of Aftershock. So if you didn't know what Aftershock was, Aftershock is a book where 50 plus futurists came together and said, hey, let's write about Toffler, Alvin Toffler, someone who has passed away, but he was one of the biggest uh, pioneers of futurism and, and thinking about the future. And he wrote many books, amongst which uh, Future Shock was written 50 years ago and talked about the future, which is now. And we're all talking about what he wrote about. Vikram, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being here. And uh, amidst all that's happening in the world, today we're looking at COVID-19 as 2020 is the year of COVID-19, but also a big change and many things happening in the United States this year and across the world. So we're going to talk about all of these things over the next 20-25 minutes and, um, and and see what you think as an economist, as an academic, as an expert, because that's what we want to bring to our viewers. So first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I like to describe myself as a global generalist. And I start with that because I hate being put in a box. I think a large number of our misunderstandings that we develop are because of the silos and specializations we develop. So I self-describe as a global generalist. Now, in reality, that's not what I do. What do I actually do day <laughs> to day is, first, I'm a lecturer at Harvard University where I teach a class on systems thinking and effectively a class on connecting the dots and how that systems thinking logic and approach can be applied to the world's toughest problems. So the class I teach is actually called Humanity and Its Challenges, Systems Thinking Approaches. So that's one thing I do. Obviously, you know that I write uh, since I've, uh, I contribute essays uh, and contribute pieces to, to various publications, some book format, others not book format. I myself have, uh, have a couple of books out, so I write. Third thing I do is I do a fair amount of public speaking, uh, helping audiences really think about navigating uncertainty by identifying trends. So in this very noisy world we live in, trying to identify the signals and say, these are the trends that are worth paying attention to. So that's sort of the third activity I do. And the fourth is uh, consulting and advisory work, which is similar to the idea of speaking to large audiences, but just done in small groups and more interactive formats. So that's what I do. Amazing, amazing. I know you do all these things, but I love hearing from people, you know, how passionate they are because it comes through when, when they talk about what they do. Let's take it one step at a time. First of all, I want to talk about Aftershock. So Alvin Toffler wrote Future Shock 50 years ago. This is incredible. 50 years ago, half a century ago. And he wrote many things in Aftershock. And so we all got together, thanks to our friend John Schroeder, who brought everybody together and said, hey guys, can you tell us, you know, what are your thoughts on the future? And so this book is full of different essays and articles that uh, some really incredible people have written, yourself uh, being one of them. And you've written 
one of the best pieces that I've read. And let me tell you, I'm reading all the pieces before I talk to people. So, so consider me a little bit dangerous because I know a little, a little bit about everything now. Yeah. But I want to talk about the story that you start the book with. You, you, you talk about Morgan Robertson. Tell us about that. I want, I want you to help us help our audiences understand that, that analogy. That's, that's sure. So I think it's a fascinating story. Obviously, it's part of the reason I started it with the I started the essay with that story. And it's also funny when John asked me to write a piece, he said, what would you like to write about? I said, well, I can try to help pull it all together or give you a framework, but I don't really want to be the guy who writes about the future of finance or the future of education or although I'm happy to, but that's a little less generalist than I want to be. I like to think big and broad. So what I did was wrote a framework for thinking about future. And anyway, the story that you're referencing is is about a naval cabin or sort of a, a cabin boy from a merchant marine ship who ends up having a mixed to mediocre career and ends up writing about the sea. And he writes a novel and the novel he writes is about this ship, an unsinkable ship that had, you know, three propellers, it displaced so many tons of water, was traveling across the Atlantic, and lo and behold, it hits an iceberg and sinks. And it sinks with inadequate number of lifeboats. The boat sinks 400 nautical miles off the coast of Newfoundland. And you can logically assume, as many people do, that this story, like the famous movie Titanic and others, were inspired by historical events. And so you'd say, okay, look, a lot of writers, screenwriters, others, novelists, they look to history for inspiration. This is obviously inspired by the Titanic, except you'd be wrong. And here's why you'd be wrong. That novel was written 14 years before the Titanic sank. And that's the stunning thing. When you stop and think about this, say, wait, what? Was this just random? And in the essay, you have it in front of you there, so you can even highlight those tidbits you think may be interesting. The, the parallels are overwhelming. And this is a true story. So those that are listening or watching this uh, play, I would encourage you to look up something called um, Futility yeah. uh, or The Wreck of the Titan. There's, this is a novel that was existing. That is in fact the case. There is a real novel here published in 1898. So anyway, that's the story I start with. <laughs> that's incredible. Honestly, I would never have imagined that this is someone who's written 14 years before the actual event happened. Now, I don't know if he had some foresight, he had a vision. I don't know. Was it a coincidence? It's so fascinating to think about this. And in a similar way, Alvin Toffler and Heidi Toffler started this entire revolution of helping understand change, how fast change is happening, or how fast it will happen and progress into the future, which brings us here today in 2020. We are, and back then, there were no cell phones, there was no technology, there, there was none of this stuff. That we're looking at right now. And so how incredible would it have been to come up and imagine scenarios of the future and say, hey, this is what will happen. My question is, are we as people and humans and uh, whatever you categorize everybody as, how are we dealing with change? Yeah. Look, I think you're right to highlight that change and the uncertainty generally that accompanies change, because usually we're changing, we're not sure what we're changing into. We may be aware that change is upon us, but we may not know the magnitude of the change, the speed of the change, or et cetera. And so it tends to produce anxiety because of the uncertainty. And so how do we grapple with change? 
is a very individualistic issue and dynamic. But you know, what I wrote in that essay is there's ways to do so. I mean, there are ways to think about navigating through uncertainty. And part of the reason I titled the essay Navigating Uncertainty was because of this navigation story that we started with of a boat. Yeah. Uh, because one way to think of uncertainty is a lot of cross currents. You see a lot of noise and we're trying to find that signal of what might be the trend that, play, that lays out the future, right? And if that's the case, one way I think to navigate uncertainty, which is how humans can really deal with change, is to think in terms of various futures. There's an S at the end, futures. Don't think in terms of a future, think in terms of futures. And it's about scenario analysis. And that requires not only a bit of imagination and creativity, but also thoroughness. Meaning it's not okay to say, oh, the world economy is gonna grow at 3% next three to five years. You could say the world economy is going to grow 3%, but there's going to be social unrest. And here's the story. And this technological development in this country is going to really have huge impact. And over here, these people are going to be left behind. And you lay out a really rich narrative. That's the key. And then you do it not only with the world growing 3%, you do it with the world shrinking 3%. And you lay out the disaster scenario that that comes with, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think what we need are real narratives, sort of thick, rich stories that help us understand a scenario as more than data. That's the critical point for us. Your, your question started with how do we as humans deal with this uncertainty? And I think we think in terms of futures would be one way, but the other way is to incorporate narratives into understanding those various futures. Yeah. That will help us. Now, thank you. Thank you, Vikram. That's incredible. Now, you do a lot of teaching. You're, you're uh, an expert, but you're also an academic. You do a, a few different nice, great things that I love. You're, you're, you're consulting, which means you're working with the world of business, but you're also educating people. And you, you see things in different ways. You've been ranked as uh, one of the world's top, uh, most financial minds, people who are at the forefront of thinking about the future of money, the future of finance, and so on, which is great. But but now you're telling us that we should think for ourselves. And this is the title of your new book. Is this about financial literacy? Think for yourself. Is this about creating futures? Think yeah. for yourself. I want to know all about your new book. Yeah. So it's interesting. So uh, the new book, which is getting released here in June, uh, is called Think for Yourself. And the subtitle is Restoring Common Sense in an Age of Experts and artificial intelligence. And so you can see how there's a little bit of uh, breath in, embedded in that. So yes, it's more about navigating uncertainty. It's more than just finance. It's about making decisions in the face of uncertainty, mm -hmm. in the face of ambiguity, in the face of complexity. And you know, you hinted at something that is pretty interesting, you know, which is, you know, here I am an expert and I'm telling you to think for yourself. And part of thinking for yourself is questioning the yeah. advice of experts. Yeah. So I actually, I have a copy of the book right here. I'm going to read you the last paragraph. It's very short. It'll give you the essence of it. It says, I hope this book helps you understand and avoid many of the troubles I've encountered when experts and technologies hijacked my thinking. It is filled with strategies and guidance to help you reclaim control. And this is where I think it gets interesting. One prescription is to question the advice you are being offered. And ironically, that's equally true for this book. So whether you agree with my thinking or not, I hope the book helps you think for yourself. So the idea is, yes, it's actually kind of ironic, right? I'm telling you to think for yourself. Well, thinking for yourself might be not listening to me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love it because that's, I think I see a lot of honesty in there and you're actually prescribing what you're telling people to do. You're just doing it to yourself is, hey, question everything, including myself. That's right. That's um, right. When is this book available? Is it in bookstore? Yeah, June. The official release date is June 16th, 2020. Okay. And it will be available on Amazon and other- Available everywhere books are sold, Amazon, et cetera. The publisher's Harvard Business Review Press, which is available right now as we record here in early June. It's already available for pre-order but it should be available uh, everywhere. Okay, amazing. And we will share a link to the book in the description of this um, video if you're watching it on a video platform or we will uh, make sure we'll uh, get it across to people so that they can pre-order it and so on. I will order a copy myself because I want to read about questioning experts and have to think for myself. I think given the, the era that we're living in today, 2020, an era of full of unprecedented change across the world. Because one thing happened in 2020 is the COVID-19 pandemic happened and it leveled expectations. It leveled so many different things that we pre-assumed about ourselves, about our lives, took many things for granted, planned things, and everything's just been leveled. So that now we've thought about things again, that, hey, if I am planning X, Y, and Z in my life, maybe I should rethink or replan or retool so that I have the best outlook and output from, from my decisions. Uh, Vikram, I know we have a, a few more minutes remaining. I want you to give us advice. I want you to help our viewers understand something, do something better, because you are an expert and I really respect your work. And I want to just steal a, a couple of thread and strands from what you really believe, what you maybe practice yourself and help our viewers and listeners do those things. So let's talk about number one is change. How should people deal with change so that they come out as winners. Yeah, well, as I've said before, I think you need to think about different scenarios. Scenario analysis is absolutely the critical way, I think, to navigate change for uh, future decision-making purposes, for making decisions about the future, number one. But specifically within that logic, one exercise that I personally adopt, and I would recommend your listeners and, and viewers pay attention to as well, is you should also think about how your decisions can go wrong. So you can say, oh, well, Vikram, you're saying pro-cons analysis. Of course I do that. Uh, no, I'm actually suggesting you do something known as a pre-mortem analysis. And a pre-mortem, rather than a post-mortem, is things have gone wrong. And in a post-mortem, They've already gone wrong, yes. and then you understand why. A pre-mortem analysis is to say, okay, three years from now, this decision we made was a total disaster. We failed in everything. It was a disaster. Why? Now, it didn't happen yet because we're in the present and we're looking at failure in the future. So then what we do is from that position of failure three years forward, yeah. we look back to paint a narrative of a story, how could it have gone wrong? And that is actually healthy because it forces you to change how you think. We naturally default into understanding how things can go right. We have a vision of the future that we want it to be. And so we naturally say, okay, here's how it's gonna look. This is what it's gonna feel like, and it's gonna be great. But what if we say, uh-oh, it failed. How did it fail? And the act of thinking about that failure before it happens may in fact prove useful in helping you avoid that failure. So that's, that's a tidbit. Okay, that's great. Number two, you're an expert in finances in general, money in general, economies in general. Um, we're not gonna talk about economic foresight, but what is the best way to create a stable financial life in terms of personal or business? What should people do? Today, we're looking at mass unemployment. Businesses are struggling. Economies are shaken up because of COVID-19 and the pandemic. What's your suggestion? Where should we look at to create stability economically? 
Yeah, that's, that's a very difficult question to answer generically across the board for individual circumstances are so unique and people's risk profiles are so different that I'm a little bit reluctant to provide generic advice. But what I would say is this, not getting specific, not getting too specific, what I'll say is you know, there's times in economic cycles where risk seeking is very prudent and there's times where risk minimization may be more prudent. The world we're in today feels kind of fragile. And I think a lot of your listeners and viewers would probably agree that big change is upon us in lots of different ways. As such, it is my belief and advice would be on the margin of being between greedy or fearful, I would suggest it's more prudent today to be fearful. But that's, you know, here we are at the beginning of June in 2020. Yeah. That can change too. Yes. I mean, you could have a massive outbreak of peace, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's possible. Yeah. And we could enter a new era of prosperity for all. I'm not as optimistic as that line of reasoning may suggest. So my advice is more prudence um, and, and risk aversion right now, given the fragility I tend to feel economically for sure, and the fact that some markets in the world have actually dismissed this fragility. Yeah. Uh, again, that's where we are at the beginning of June in 2020. I don't know where we'll be later. Of course. I always have one piece of advice for anybody who, who, who really wants it, and that is invest in yourself. Invest in educating yourself. And there is just so much to learn. And uh, Vikram, you have two master's degrees. You have a PhD. Like you're such an accomplished educationally that it's incredible to see someone of that stature being so humble and having so much knowledge. But let me tell you, Vikram, a lot of the world outside needs to educate themselves financially, um, technically, professionally. We all need it. I need it every single day. And so that's my advice to people is educate yourself, pick a book to, you know, read, keep on constantly reading about different perspectives and ideas and thoughts. And uh, you've got a few books. I'm really recommending people to buy your books and check them out because then they know what you're thinking, not just in 20 minutes of a podcast, but what you've been thinking maybe for a year or two years and you've condensed all your knowledge and put it in there. And so that's my number one advice to anybody who's listening today. Check out Vikram's books and see what he has to say. Also, grab a copy of Aftershock. Now, if you don't have a copy, I will send you a free copy. Send me your address. That's how this book is and that's how much I'm vouching for it. Okay, Vikram, last question. Where can our viewers and listeners find you, find more information about you? Sure. So the simplest place is just my website, which is just my last name, www.manshuramani.com. And I'll spell it. It's M-A-N-S-H-A-R-A-M-A-N-I. Uh, so manshuramani.com. Or of course, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter is my last name, at Mansharamani, uh, LinkedIn, or any place. I mean, that's, you know, people can find me if they want to find me. <laughs> okay, incredible. People find Vikram and reach out to him and follow him on social media, mansharamani.com, and at Twitter, on LinkedIn, all the social, social platforms. And uh, we'll, make, we'll get people a link to your book, Think for Yourself, is out there, folks, is coming out next in a week from today. And so grab a copy. And Vikram, I can't thank you enough for your time and energy and effort to help us learn a few different things. And uh, thank you so much. I wish you, you safe times and incredible success in your future endeavors. Thank you. Real pleasure to be with you. You're very welcome. Take care, folks. Thank you. 
Hey friend, this is Ian Khan. If you liked what you saw on my video, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel and be inspired every single day with innovative content that keeps you fresh, updated, and ready for the future. For more information, also visit my website at iankhan.com.